It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking end zone wide open. Touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson. And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown. Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately. He's got the handoff. You know who that's? The Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to answer some mailbag questions with our friend who is the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the ultra bang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Yesterday we answered some questions. So today let's answer some more. And without any further ado, let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from John Filippelli. He says, who are you most excited to watch during training camp? Chris, I'll leave that one to you since you're going to be there every day. This has got to be, you know, I'm, I'm going sauce Gardner on this one. Uh, I, I'm gonna. I want to watch the bad battles between him. Um, uh, this is my defensive back bias coming into play. This is the my first year covering the team, showing up for mini camp, watching Braylon Edwards and Darrell Revis uh, go press uh, right against each other, five feet in front of my face, and being like, "Yeah, this this, this is it. This is what I see." Um, so I, I'm gonna follow Sauce around in OTAs training camp. That I'm I'm gonna be following him around heavy. Um, I'm, you know, second year guys. I I'm gonna be looking at Elijah Moore a lot, and then of course Brees Hall. Uh, <clears throat> once the pads come on, I'm gonna look a lot more forward to that. Um, as I always say, they the running backs always look great when they're not in pads, but once those pads come on, I'm gonna look forward to watching him lower that shoulder and run through some people. Next question comes in from Jason Berriton. He says, if the Jets hadn't traded up in the draft, which players do you think they would have gotten with their original draft picks? The third round pick is a little too tough to tell because there's so many variables there, but I'm going to guess that if they hadn't traded up from 35, they'd have taken Brees Hall there instead, and then at 38, they'd have taken Boye Mafe, just because I think at that point, he would have been the best pass rusher on the board who would have made sense for their scheme. I talked about Arnold Ebichetti on the shows with George Torori. I don't think that he would have made sense for the Jets because he's only 250 pounds. It doesn't seem like he has a frame that's conducive to putting on more bulk without losing speed and explosion and I don't think he's best suited to being a down lineman because of his size which is what the Jets are going to need so I'm guessing it would have been Mafe instead of Jermaine Johnson and they probably would have taken Brees Hall at 35. Yeah I, I definitely agree with you on the Mafe part especially because you know they wouldn't have had Jermaine Johnson um, that the Brees Hall thing that would have been the move then and they would have still taken him there. Next question comes in from Degs316. He says, now that Zach Wilson is a, quote, beefy guy, according to Robert Stella, do you see him running the ball more? I think ideally they'd like him not to run that much. I think what you want from him is for him to use his legs when he needs to, to extend plays and to get out of trouble and to run out of bounds and slide and all those things. I don't expect him to become some prolific runner like Josh Allen. 
because A, that's not ideally what you want your quarterback to be, and B, Zach Wilson does not have the size Josh Allen has, so if he runs too much, he's going to get pulverized. But I think that him having that extra bulk will help. I just don't think that it's going to turn him into Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and one thing, too, is Zach Wilson last year was was built more than you think. Um, I went into training camp thinking that he was going to be a lot more slight than he was. And I, I didn't have like super concerns about that, his slightness either, but I did think that it was going to be, and I was like, Oh, he's got a bulkier frame than I expected. Um, you can sell, d- tell just from the pictures uh, that he's bulked up a little bit more there. Um, as with his running though, I last year, I, I was surprised by his running. I was like, okay, he can do more and he can use this more than I thought he'd be able to. Um, but you're, you're absolutely right. We're not, no one is thinking, you know, Josh Allen or even anything along those lines. So, but what I want him to do is trust his likes more, uh, just in certain moments. Um, you know, you pick your spots and is, is what he's got to do. I, it's not something that we you want to see him doing a lot of, but, you know, third down, extend the drive type of stuff. Pick your spots, pick your moments, get a, you know, if you have a better feel for the buck. And that he started to do a lot of that last year. And part of the reason why he had to is because he didn't have the weapons to work with. So it was just run out. So that's encouraging. Use use it when you need to, when you have no other options, but you definitely don't want to get into, you know, relying on it. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from John Jets, and he says, should we expect to see the Jets use more two tight end sets this season? Yes, absolutely. That's why they signed Tyler Conklin and CJ Ozama and drafted Jeremy Ruckert as well. You're definitely going to see a lot more two tight end sets. Oh, yeah. I love this question. This is the easiest question ever. Absolutely. <laughs> like, no, no question about it. This this system, they want two t- tight end sets. This is why they signed those two guys, like you said, and this is also why they wanted to go ahead and draft uh, Rucker and b- bring him along and add him into the equation too because this is not just, you know, uh, hey, we got two tight ends. We want to be able to rotate this. No, no, they they need uh, tight ends to make this system go like exactly like they want, and it's going to be a, like – a heavy dose of two tight ends in this. Next question comes in from Say My Name. If he says, any chance the Jets would consider trying Bryce Hall at safety? I don't think so. No, I no, I I just don't see it. Um, there, he Bryce Hall is plenty. Uh, no, no, I'm just I I it, there's not. Um, I I mean I I shouldn't say that it, there's no chance that it'll happen because you know I've seen plenty of coaches take corners and try to make that switch most of the time it's it kind of inexplicable or it's out of a sense of desperation though and i don't uh, you know uh, excluding the the older corners who make the switch back um so i just don't see that happening here i i, I think you're you're looking at uh, you know bryce hall as just like an, a backup in, in this situation right now Chris, since Bryce Hall was brought up, let's talk a little bit more about him. Stefan Sterling asks, how do you see the Jets using Hall and Eccles? Wouldn't be shocked if Hall was used against bigger wide receivers while Eccles competes for the slot. 
I don't think Eccles is going to end up in the slot. I think they like Michael Carter, the second there, and Javelin Gidry too. So I think that's what's going to happen at the slot. I think Hall and Eccles will come in in different situations, but primarily they're going to be quality depth. And that's a good thing. They have two guys that can step in and start if needed. They're not ideal starters, which is exactly why the Jets went out and paid DJ Reed and drafted Sauce Gardner. But now you've got two guys that can rotate in in different situations, pick up the slack if somebody gets hurt, which is a huge positive. And both of those guys are cheap. Brandon Eccles is here for three more years on a very inexpensive rookie deal. Bryce Hall is here for two more years. So I think that's what you're primarily going to see from Bryce Hall and Brandon Eccles. Yeah, it's funny to me that, you know, I saw a bunch of people after the the draft that would be like, oh, trade Bryce Hall and trade Eccles. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not, that's definitely not how they're looking at this right now. They're looking at this like, hey, we got these cheap guys that have awesome depth right now. They were looking at this like, hey, we, we could have been survived with these guys starting and now we got them as backups. And on cheap deals, they're not, they're not looking to give that up. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Uh, if anything happens, DJ Reed, uh, Sauce Gardner, even for just, you know, a game or two, no, man, you best believe they love the idea of having Eccles and Hall. Um, you're, you're right about the Michael Carter thing. Uh, it, he's, you know, injuries aside, um, anything crazy, unforeseen aside, he, he's got the, the number one nickel, nickel spot pretty much wrapped up uh, for now. And I would give uh, Gidry the advantage there on and like dime packages as well. Although I do think that, you know, maybe if, if Eccles uh, focuses on doing that mostly this offseason, that there, there's a better chance that he could steal that uh, role, that job from Gidry than he could from Michael Carter. But, uh, but yeah, they're, they're just looking at him right now in the same way that, um, you know, it, it's like having that extra tackle. Oh, you, you got the swing tackle. You can go jumbo sets now. So maybe you can maybe they'll bring them in. Maybe they'll bring them in certain matchups to do certain things. Uh, but for the most part, if, if assuming everything's healthy and going to plan, it's going to be guard a sauce and read on the outside Carter on the inside and those guys is depth. And that's, that's just how it's going to be. Next question comes in from Bobby Veep. He says, how do you project the Jets running back depth chart looking? I would say that Hall and Carter are obviously going to be one and two. And then after that, Tevin Coleman probably sticks around because he was fairly productive last year and knows the scheme. Veteran can provide some leadership. And after that, it really becomes murky. They got rid of Austin Walter. Some people liked him last year. P. Ryan is still lurking, but I don't think he's going to be around. I wouldn't bet against Zonovan Bam Knight, who they signed as an undrafted free agent out of NC State. Not only is he a quick runner who can make some plays in the passing game, but he also was an excellent kick returner, so that could give Brant Boyer some extra options there as well. I think Bam Knight is a guy to watch in training camp. He very well could make the roster or the practice squad. But I really wouldn't bet on any of the rest of these running backs other than the three that I listed making the opening day roster, Hall, Carter, and Coleman. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I, every step of the way, except you had an actual name that, uh, on, on that free agent guy, I was just going to throw out you know, a, a general hypothetical with the free agent pick there. <laughs> uh, I, 
a hall hall's the n- number one back. You can if you want to sc- get into semantics here and go one A one B. I, I could I could be all right with it, but I think it's a clear delineation here. It's going to be Brees Hall is the number one back, and Michael Carter is going to be the clear number two back. I I I I feel confident in saying that that it's it's it'll be enough of a delineation there. I I absolutely agree that you're going to have Tevin Coleman there. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens health wise, uh, but they're they're going to try to have him as that veteran third back there. And then uh, I was I've been a little busy. Uh, I haven't been as into the free uh, undrafted free agency weeds as normal. I've been uh, a little focused on some other things, but uh, so I didn't have the name off the top of my head for you there. But yeah, I think I don't know if it's going to be him. Uh, I just think that they'll have. They will have carried a fourth running back on the roster. That is something that they are going to tend to do. I do not think it is going to be Pirine. Uh, you know, Ty Johnson, we, we saw why that fell apart there at the end of last year. Uh, Walter gone. I, I think they'll pluck and find somebody um, to be that fourth guy. Next question comes in from Scotter T. He says, now that the draft and most of free agency is over, how would you rank the AFC East rosters from top to bottom? Interesting question. You got to say that the Bills are number one. That's an easy one. No question about it. I would say the Dolphins are number two. You could question the quarterback situation there, but I think they have a really solid roster other than the question mark with Tua. And then after that, the Jets and the Patriots. It's interesting. Obviously, Mac Jones had a better rookie year than Zach Wilson, although Mac Jones did fade down the stretch. And you look around at the defense and the offense, and it depends on how much you like the rookies the Jets just got. That's really the question mark to me. If the rookies step up and play well year one, the Jets could very well have a better roster than the Patriots, who on paper don't look that great. But right now, I'd say the Patriots probably get a slight edge just because of all the unknowns. Either way, though, it just shows you how far the Patriots have fallen and how much the Jets are starting to creep up. Yeah, I mean, the Bills are clear landslide number one with the bullet here. Um, And then, honestly, I think two, three, and four are, like, kind of could be super close, almost splitting hairs. Uh, There's top heaviness with the Dolphins, but then there's a lot of just jumble mess that I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know. Uh, um, and uh, the Patriots, like you said, uh, you know, that, that would be, if you're just a rap, like if you do one of those, you know, when it, you like to do this, you do like the blind quarterback stat test. If you did like a blind roster test and, you know, you showed the rosters, but like nobody – you wiped their memories of what teams they're on somehow. So no one actually knew. I think the Patriots would be probably coming last in that, but it's really hard for all of our brains to not like factor in and just assume that Belichick will be able to get, you know, at least two more wins than you expect out of that group. So, and because of, like everything you want to do, like the, the Jets are, I'm not trying to, to knock it, your, your Jets fans. I'm not trying to do it here. This isn't criticizing time. But every argument you're going to want to make for the Jets here is all about like hope and promise and unknown. And you, you want it to be fulfilled. And I, I'm thinking there's a chance that, you know, at least a good amount of it can be fulfilled. There, there's 
reason you should be hopeful about all this, but it, there there's less tangible we know for certain with the Jets here. So um, they're gonna have to be last there. But I don't I don't think they're far from being able to overtake my possibly Miami and the Patriots. That 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 gap between the Bills is much much bigger though. Next question comes in from Dave Stignitti. He says, will linebacker be a major weakness this year? And do you foresee any free agent pickups? It could pick up somebody in free agency. I'm sure they'll scan the waiver wire, especially after June 1st and training camp cuts. I do anticipate linebacker being one of the weaknesses on this team this year. I think Salah will try to scheme around it. But realistically, look at who they have right now. You've got a bunch of guys that are converted safeties who got hurt last year on top of having to learn a new position. You've got Quincy Williams, who is exuberant and makes a lot of tackles, but he's very flawed in terms of his overall play, over-pursues a lot, still kind of learning the position as well. The only one that you have that's proven is C.J. Mosley. So I do anticipate linebacker being a weakness. I'm sure they'll kick the tires on some players in the third wave of free agency and after training camp cuts. And I'm sure Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich will try to scheme around the weakness, but I do think linebacker is going to be one of the weaker positions on the roster this year. Yeah, it's pretty undisputable, uh, right? Like, how how can it not be? Um, and, then, you know, I've been talking about this for years. That this roster was so barren, just so many holes everywhere, that every year with these Joe Douglas free agencies, you're going in and, and you can't fill all of it, man. But... Last year, we left the free agency in the draft with still like eight holes left going, hey, you can't fill all of it. Now you're looking and it's, you know, it's linebacker, it's free safety, and it may cornerback in depth, every quarterback maybe in depth everywhere else. Like that, that's what you're looking at right now. Those are the only, like, now, I'm not saying they're, you know, best in the league at every other position, but those are the weak spots. And, you know, the quarterback is just a maybe, but it's just it's just linebacker and safety where you're looking at it and like, okay, this is a weak spot. Um, so give, give Joe Douglas one more offseason and that that should be done. Uh, you know, you got uh, ports there looking at Quan Alexander. I, I absolutely think expect – that there will be some shuffling. They'll bring some guys in um, in both these spots. You'll, you know, if they if they bring in a Quan Alexander and it works, then cool, that'll be it, and that's all they need. But we've seen this in the past couple of years. It's just it's been happening at multiple positions at once, where there's just a rotation of guys coming in and out. And I think we're looking at something similar at both those positions today, unless they can you know get lucky and find somebody early that they like enough to stick with. That's going to wrap up part two of the mailbag. Make sure you follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. Visit PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel to check out everything we're doing over there. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some great All-22 breakdowns of all the Jets' draft picks. Plus, he just did a review of Zach Wilson's improvement 
after he came back from injury last year. Watch all the videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com